Entrepreneur on Fire 618. John Lee Dumas is here with your daily dose of inspiring entrepreneurs. Welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire and prepare to ignite. All the benefits of a professional phone system wherever you are. That's eVoice. Go to eVoice.com, sign up for your free trial, and enter promo code FIRE for an additional $5 off per month. That's eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. Having experience these days is priceless. More than 300,000 design projects have passed through the doors at 99designs. Now that's expertise. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Brian Tracy. Brian, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Brian is the chairman and CEO of Brian Tracy International, a company specializing in the training and development of individuals and organizations. He is a best-selling author and professional speaker who has helped over 5 million people achieve their goals. His goal is to help you, Fire Nation, achieve your personal and business goals faster and easier than you ever imagined. Brian, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Well, I, I started my business many, many years ago. Actually, I started when I was 10 years old, uh, selling stuff from door to door, uh, selling soap and working my way to YMCA camp and then selling Christmas trees and then selling um, subscriptions and selling everything else. So I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 10. You know, one of the most important things about being an entrepreneur is very early learning the association between effort and reward. And they find lots and lots of research. Kids that learn to sell stuff, produce stuff, go out there and make money from it when they're young, become entrepreneurs for the rest of their lives. So Brian, what I'm really excited today is to really dive into your journey as an entrepreneur. You just gave us a glimpse that that journey started at the age of 10. So we have a lot to talk about. I'm really excited to share with Fire Nation exactly how you've grown into just this incredible, inspiring entrepreneur that you are today. But before we go down that road, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success quote, with a mantra, Brian. So take it away. Well, my favorite is that you can learn anything you need to learn to achieve any goal you can set for yourself. This was the turning point in my life when I was struggling in my 20s, holes in my shoes, sleeping on the floor, uh, going from door to door again, selling and not selling anything. And then I learned that you can learn how to sell. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make, maybe 90% of them. They don't realize that selling is the critical skill in, in, in success, financial success. And the selling is a skill you can learn and you can become absolutely excellent at it. And in so doing, you can transform your life forever. So that was the turning point in my life. When I learned that, I then learned I could tra- you could transfer this to management, to sales management. You could transfer it to business development, to wealth creation, to um, uh, writing, recording, uh, building. Uh, I developed $100 million worth of real estate. And I went, now the way I did it is I went out and I talked to this other successful real estate people, and I got every book in the library and read them from cover to cover half the night to learn how other people develop real estate. Then I developed $100 million worth of real estate and made millions and tens of millions of dollars for my clients. So you can learn anything. That's, that's, that's my, still my big overwhelming idea. 
And I love the fact that you bring up books, Brian, because it is so powerful. And in this day and age, it's actually even more powerful on a lot of levels. Why? Because it's a little surreal for me to be chatting with you right now, Brian, because I feel like we've been hanging out for the last three days. Just three days ago, your book, Eat That Frog, was being featured in in Audible as a daily deal. I grabbed it. Then every day I go out for an hour, an hour paddleboard ride here in the San Diego Bay. And what do I do during those actual moments of exercise and relaxation? I listen to audiobooks. So I've been listening to your audiobook, Brian, which you spoke yourself. You're the one that narrated it, which was really cool as well. And it was just an amazing way for me to absorb all of that content while I was doing another activity. So it allows me in the audio format to say yes to something like paddleboarding and not have to say no to something else like listening and absorbing great content from a book. So Brian, thank you for just that content that you're creating. And it's really the the focus and the direction we're going to take this interview right now. We want to go to your journey as an entrepreneur. Brian, we're going to talk about a success you've had. We're going to talk about a light bulb moment that you've had. But first, I want to talk about a failure that you've had at some point in your life. And not just a vague overarching one, Brian, but a real story. So take us down to the ground level of a time that you failed and the lessons you learned. I I hate to admit it, but I have made a lot of money as a professional speaker, writer, author, and so on. And uh, there's a big mistake that you make. If you're successful in one area, you think that you have some kind of magic sauce for success (laughs) in other areas. So I got into real estate during the real estate boom of 2005, 6, 7, 8, and then the real estate bust. And I took a lot of the uh, money that I had earned and invested in what appeared to be very good real estate projects. And I lost a lot of money. Uh, It it was recoverable losses. You know, I could recover from them. But they were a heck of a uh, lesson because it's all after-tax money. So you have to work sometimes two, three, four, five years of hard work to accumulate the money that you can lose very quickly. So what did I learn? The first thing I I learned is you have to be very careful about the people that you work with. This is something you cannot be casual about, is check their backgrounds. I could have just gone on to Google and gotten more information about my partners than I ever had when I got involved with them in the first place. I would never have invested with them. Uh, The second thing is double-check everything. Don't believe anything that anybody hears you. Now, the most important thing of all in business is what I call due diligence, which is a legal term. And a legal term means that you check and double check every single factor detail upon which you're making your decision. You assume that there is a, uh, what do we call a fatal flaw? You assume that there are critical information that you don't have and that if you make this investment or get into this business without this information, it'll kill you. And you'll find that every successful business person, I've worked with more than 1,000 large companies and 10,000 small companies, they become successful when they finally learn to do their homework very carefully in advance for a long time. You see, you hear about a company, a company is being bought up by another company. When is the sale going to go through? After the acquiring company has done their due diligence. How long will that take? Between 6 and 18 months. And they'll go back and they will look at every single penny in the history of your business and you say, well, that's such a long time. I'm an entrepreneur. I want to make decisions quite right. Re- not these companies. These companies are wealthy companies and successful companies, and they're primarily successful because they do their homework. So that's what I learned. And the last thing I learned is if you're going to get involved in anything, you have to have hands-on. You have to be totally involved personally. You cannot hope that someone else will take care of it. There's a wonderful one-liner, uh, John, is that hope is not a strategy. 
hope is not a strategy. Is You don't just hope that everything's going to work out fine because that's just one strategy. It's a strategy for almost guaranteed disaster. So those are the things that I've learned from the most expensive mistakes I've made is, first of all, be very careful about the people. Second of all, do your homework and do more homework and even more homework. Accept nothing on faith. Assume going in that there's a potential for you to lose 100% of your money. Uh, and then the third thing is to uh, get hands-on involved, be, be, be totally involved in how your money is being spent and how your business is being run. Hope is not a strategy. Brian, I love that phrase, Fire Nation. I really want you to absorb that. And one point that you brought up, Brian, that I really do want to go back to because we don't talk about it enough here on Entrepreneur on Fire, and that's after-tax money. I mean, we all hear about successful entrepreneurs making potentially millions and millions of dollars. Well, if you make a million dollars, Fire Nation, you're going to net after taxes, after everything else, if you're fortunate, around $500,000. So what Brian says is if you take that $500,000 and invest it, and that investment doesn't pan out because you didn't do the due diligence or follow those three steps, then if you are left with zero, you have to go and make a million dollars now just to get back to where you were with that $500,000. So that's the kind of mindset you need to go into every investment with. Follow Brian's three rules, which are incredible. And Brian, I pulled out great nuggets from those three. If you could just say in just one sentence for Fire Nation, something that we could apply today from those lessons you've learned, what would it be? Invest as much time in studying the investment as you spent earning the money in the first place. Oh, I love that. So, Brian, what I want to do now is go to the other end of the spectrum. You just share with us a struggle in your life, an obstacle, a challenge that you overcame, but it was a challenge and you learned some great lessons that you passed along to Fire Nation. Now let's talk about at some point in your journey when you had an aha moment. You had this light bulb that went off. You've had hundreds of these, Brian, and I'm sure they're all amazing stories, but I want you to take us to that one moment in time when you had an aha moment that you turned into success and walk us through the steps, Brian, that you took to turn that idea into success. The starting point in my life was putting together a two-day seminar on personal success And one of the things that I've learned, it's probably the most important thing in business, is that 90% of your success will be determined by the quality of your product or service in the first place. Now, Inc. Magazine just did their report on the Inc. 500, the 500 fastest growing small companies in America. And what they concluded in their research was that the very best place to invest money as an entrepreneur is in improving the quality of your product. It's not gimmicky ways to sell it or tricky advertising or discounts or, or givebacks or bonuses or anything else. Increase the product quality of your product, and that will do more to increase your sales and profitability than anything else. The biggest mistakes I've made in that area are bringing a product to market with, uh, without finding out what it is that customers consider quality in that product area. And when I look back in retrospect, all of my successful products were products that really satisfied a pressing need that people had right now. In fact, uh, just listening to a, a wonderful audio today, and it talks about if you cannot write out a description of your product and show it to a prospective customer and have them say, I want that, I'll buy it, how soon can I get it from your written description, then you need to go back to the drawing boards. So the starting point, starting point is make sure that your customer really wants it. What that means is make sure that the quality that you think you're offering is the quality that the customer wants to buy. 
So Brian, let's walk through this for a second because this is so critical in every entrepreneur's journey. You make that point, which is a phenomenal one. Make sure your customer really wants that product or that service. Let's take two steps back right now. How did you find were the best ways and methods to actually even come up with the idea for that product or service before you even could know what it was going to be to test that market? Well, the answer was customer demand. Is that customers say, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? I'll give you a, a great example. When I was doing my seminars on personal success, of course, many parents came through and they said, do you have anything on raising children? Do you have anything just for children? Do you have anything for parents and children? And I'd say, no, no, this other material about goal setting and self-esteem is applicable to that. No, no, no. Do you have anything for children? Finally, ding, 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 the, be- the, the nickel <laughs> drop. And so I created a program called How to Raise Happy, Healthy, Self-Confident Children. And that program sold hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars worth of products over the years. It's still the best program ever done on how parents can raise kids that turn out great. Great grades, self-confidence, happy, fabulous relationship with their parents. Parents write to me and come to me from all over the world and say, this transformed our family, changed our lives, changed our children's lives. This is what our family was like before, broken, divided, arguing, fighting, kids taking drugs, not coming home at night. And this is what it was afterwards. Happy, harmony, kids getting scholarships to top universities, marrying well. I mean, so, so I just listened, and that's really a good way. Your, your customers, I have a rule that says, if you ask your customers enough and listen, your customers will make you rich. Ask your customers and listen, and your customers will make you rich. Now, today, in the age of the lean startup and the um, whole focus on customer development, at this age, the key to success is to go to your customers with your idea before you even develop the product. And make sure that your customer says, absolutely, 100%, I want that, I need it, I'll buy it, I'll take it out of your hand if you can bring it to me. Then you develop the product. Brian, I love this advice. And I've been saying for a long time here on Entrepreneur on Fire, the most valuable question you can ask your audience, your listeners, your followers is, what are you struggling with? And really be genuine with that question and then listen, catalog those answers, and then they will be telling you, just like Brian said, what you should create products and services wise that they will snatch off the shelves even before the wrapping is on that product or service. So great advice, Brian. I mean, with me, with Entrepreneur on Fire, when I launched this podcast over 630 episodes ago now, I had no idea that I was going to be releasing a course on how to create, grow, and monetize a podcast, I thought that I was simply going to be creating products and services for entrepreneurs, learning all these great lessons I was from entrepreneurs like yourself, Brian. But what was my audience telling me? John, I love the show. You're connecting with amazing people. How do I do that in my industry, in my niche? So when we released Podcasters Paradise back in October, and we've now done over $700,000 in sales, it was solely because we answered that calling, Brian. What are you struggling with? We listen provided the answer. And I want to go back to the initial point you made, Brian, which was so important. I don't want Fire Nation to forget about it. The best investment an entrepreneur can make is in the quality of their product. So Fire Nation, take those words from Brian Tracy and apply it to your businesses. And Brian, what do you want Fire Nation to walk away with? More than anything else, this is, this is what is called the age of the entrepreneurial revolution, is that you can start wherever you are and start a business. It used to be that you'd have to spend several hundred dollars and it would take you days or weeks of legalities. Then you would have to risk thousands of dollars 
and then 80 to 90% of you would go broke. Today, you can start a business with an idea at home and a laptop for less than $100. You can register internationally on LegalZoom for another $50. Right. So, so, so one of your questions is, what's holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Right. And this is a very good question. Babson College did a study. They have the, they have the best single MBA program on entrepreneurship in the country. And they did a study, a 13-year study, following up the graduates of this entrepreneurial MBA to find out how many of them went out and started businesses. Only 10%. The other 90% took the courses and were thoroughly equipped to start a business and then went to work for wages or salaries or bonuses and just turned their back on all of their training. But 10% started. And so they asked, what, was the, what were the key factors? And these are really important. Number one is that all of them uh, achieved their success in a different area than they had started off on, all of them. They started off with the idea that this will be my product, my service, my business, my market, my method of sale, and so on. But as they began moving, they began to hit roadblock after roadblock, and at each roadblock, they would have to turn and change and take a different route. And they ended up eventually at business success, but in a completely different way than they had anticipated. Now, here was their, their conclusion, and it's, it's, it's summarized in the word launch. And they called it the corridor principle. And the corridor is you come to the, the front of a corridor, and you're looking all the way down the corridor, and your goal is that, is that doorway at the other end of the corridor. That's business success. So you start down the corridor, moving toward your goal, and then blocks appear. But as each block appears, a door opens to the right or the left. And so there's another way to go. We call this the importance of learning valuable lessons from every setback or difficulty. And as you take that new route is as you move down that corridor, you'll have another block. But at this block, another door will open to your right or left. And so what the entrepreneurs did is they just kept moving forward. And then when they reached a block, they moved and tried something different and then tried something different and tried something different, almost like moving through a maze. And they ended up at business success in a different way than they expected. But the critical thing was to launch. This was the, what they found is the difference between the winners and the losers is the losers just did it. They just launched and started moving. And, and you know, I would say that the two great success principles of all, which summarize all the books ever written are get started and keep going. And this is what they found in 13 years. Get started and keep going. You know, <laughs> get going and keep going. Oh, Brian, my favorite word for entrepreneurs is perseverance. I see yeah. the entrepreneurs that succeed, they embody that word perseverance through the highs, through the lows, through the good times, through the bad. Just so many golden nuggets you dropped there. Thank you for sharing that. And Brian, Tell us a quick story because you're such a storyteller and Fire Nation, we are all ears. You've had so many amazing entrepreneurial moments throughout your journey. But if you could pinpoint one and just share with us the story of that exact moment in time, what would you say your proudest entrepreneurial moment is? I've had many over time, but I'll go right back to the beginning when I began teaching my seminar and I spent hundreds of hours of preparation before I gave it the first time. And then I gave it the first time, two solid days without notes, as I'd spent hundreds of hours memorizing every single part of the seminar in sequence so I could give it without notes. And I gave it and I gave it. People say, this is an incredible seminar, revolutionary, life-changing. And so a friend of mine came to me and he said, why don't you record the seminar? This yeah. is back in the 80s. And I said, well, how do you record a seminar? <laughs> he said, I'll, I'll lend you my Morant's tape recorder. And so he lent it to me and I had somebody sit in the front row. 
because I was writing on flip charts and turning the flip charts. I had somebody sit in the front row. His name is Peter. And he just stopped and started the tape um, as I gave the seminar. So when I was turning the pages or uh, doing something else, he'd put stop. And I would point to him and he'd put, put it on pause. I'd point to him again and he'd take it off. So we kind of kept it as clean as possible. Very rudimentary. Right. And we ended up with two full days that ended up being about eight hours, eight, no, eight full cassettes. Um, and we put it into a, a simple little package, and we began selling it for $99. And I began earning more money from the sale of the programs because everybody wanted one that I was earning from the seminars themselves. And people started saying, this is great. They started sending it around. And my wife one day said, back in the, back in the 80s, said, why don't you send a copy of this program to Nightingale Conant in Chicago? Well, Nightingale Conant in, at that time was emerging as the giant in the audio recording industry. They were like the, all the major publishers. And they, anybody who could get a good program for Nightingale Conant almost got like getting a, a leading role in a major movie. And they would then market them, promote them. They started with Earl Nightingale, then went to Dennis Waitley, then Zig Ziglar, and, and so on. So I said, no, no, I could never do that. I'm a nobody from nowhere. I've got this very rudimentary, rough program unedited. She said, why don't you just mail it to them? So I called them up and I said, if I had a program that was selling well, who would I send it to for you to look at? So they gave me the name of a guy. So I sent it to him by Federal Express. And then I called back about three days later and I said, did you receive the program? And they said, well, let me put you through to someone. So they put me through to the secretary of the, of the president and they said, he, he took it and listened to it on the way home last night. He likes it. We want to record it. When, how soon can you be in Chicago? And <sighs> I, was in, I was there in two days. <laughs> it was like sending, like sending a home movie right. to the president of MGM Grand. And they say they want to feature you as the star of a $100 million action <laughs> oh, picture. Man. And how soon can you get here? I went straight down, formed a lifelong relationship with Nightingale Conant. Over the years, I produced the Psychology of Achievement with them, which became the best-selling success program in history worldwide in 30, 28 languages now. I then uh, produced a second program, Psychology of Selling, which became the best-selling sales program in the history of the world, and then How to Master Your Time, and then the Psychology of Self-Confidence, and then, and then I produced more than 30 programs with them and became the top-selling audio author in the world. And it all stemmed from basically launching. Just just take a deep breath and just do it. You know, that Michael Jordan, just do it. What's, <laughs> what, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is the cost of the Federal Express package. <laughs> and some people don't realize that what is holding you back is, is nothing. I mean, you spend more than that for lunch. Just, just do it. Just, if you get a good idea, uh, just launch uh, and, and, and see what happens. And you'll find that there's a direct relationship. Many years ago, there was a, in, in, the, in the book, In Search of Excellence, they interviewed the head of one of the biggest oil companies in the United States. They had the largest proven and probable reserves of gas and oil of any company in the U.S. That's the highest rate. And they said to him, how come you have so much more proven and probable reserves of gas and oil under the ground? He said, well, he said, everybody's got the same talents, the same geologists, the same type of oil lease, the same everything. He said, we just drill more holes. <laughs> and I never forgot that. We just drill more holes. In other words, they drill more holes. And as a result, and many of the holes are dry. And in entrepreneurship, nine out of 10 holes, if you have nine out of 10 dry holes and one, ten, one hits a gusher, 
you're going to be rich as an entrepreneur. I mean, if you could be have a guaranteed failure rate of 90%, every 10 people you spoke to, nine of them told you to pound sand, uh, but one of them bought, you're going to be rich as, as can be. In other words, just don't worry about the, 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 the failures. The, the failures, as you talked about, perseverance and grit, determination, the, it's the failures that make it possible. If you're not willing to fail, then go back and work for wages. McDonald's is still, are still hiring. Um, but if you're willing to fail over and over again and learn from each failure, inevitably, nothing can stop you from succeeding greatly except yourself by stopping. Brian, this is a great quote by Thomas Watson that I think fits this theme perfectly. If you want to increase your success rate, double your failure rate. Just drill more holes. You're going to find some, a lot more holes with nothing down there, but you're going to strike more oil as well. And I love this theme that you started up as well. Just start and keep going. Brian, it's a simple theme, but it's so true and so powerful for entrepreneurs. And Brian, Let's bring things to present times. Let's talk about you, Brian Tracy, today. Share with Fire Nation the one thing that just has you fired up most right now. Well, the, the, the one thing that I'm most excited about now is what I call business model innovation. And business model innovation refers to the, the model or process by which you uh, achieve profitability in your business. Now, here's the discovery. In times of incredible turbulence that like today, probably 80 to 90% of business models out there are obsolete. In other words, they are not the best way for you to earn money. And for example, that book that came out, The Radical Price of Free, um, the whole freemium, The Radical Price of Free a couple of years ago, that was a suggestion of a whole new business model. Because up to that time, everybody was thinking in terms of how much can we sell, how little can we sell, how can we price it, discount it, dollar down, a balance payable in six months. And they came out and they said, no, why don't you just give it away for free? And why don't you give away a basic product for free and then charge a premium price for the better product? And some companies have gone on to become billion-dollar companies by giving their basic product away for free, a completely new business model. So for the people who are listening, remember this. If you are in an information business, if you are selling information, ideas, almost anything by Internet, aside from hard products, your business model, in 90% of cases, is obsolete. Think about radio, television, newspapers, magazines today. Business models, all obsolete. Bookstores, business models, obsolete. Publishing industry, business models, obsolete. And these people are in a panic because they don't have an alternative business model. So I'm not saying that you, our friendly listeners, have an obsolete business model. But what I am saying is absolutely essential you be open to the possibility that you do. Because if you're open to the possibility that your business model is obsolete, suddenly you start to see other people using other business models that are more successful than yours. You know, Henry Ford became the richest man in the world. You know how he did that? He was producing automobiles in the standard way. They had a team of people who brought the pieces together and they worked on one car at a time. A team could make one car every two days uh, with all the parts and everything there. And he was visiting a meatpacking plant in Chicago and he noticed how every single piece of the meat processing from the cattle coming in one end to going out and packaging the other end, everything was, was broken down into individual jobs. So each person was doing one small job and the productivity of the plant was unbelievable. So he went back and he started the production line. Henry Ford's greatest contribution was not the automobile because he didn't invent the automobile, but he invented the production line, which brought the cost of the automobile down to the point where on the production line, they could manufacture one every 12 minutes instead of once every two days. 
They could bring the price down so low that average people could buy and drive cars, including the people who worked in his plant. And he became the richest man in the world because he developed a new business model. There were 386 manufacturers, builders of automobiles in America when Henry Ford developed the production line. Within a few years, he was the richest man in the world, and the only car you could see for miles around was black Model T Fords. So just ask, what if your business model was obsolete? What would be a way of replacing it? What else could you do? What could you change in sales, marketing, pricing, delivery, customer relationships, partnerships, strategic alliances, uh, packaging, um, uh, ingredients, uh, add, uh, add in, take out, uh, remove? Uh, what kind of partnerships could you form? I mean, Dell, for example, Dell had all, sold all their computers by themselves. You called Dell, they made a computer for you. That was their business model. And then somebody went to them and said, why don't we sell through retail stores? What retail store? Walmart. So they went to Walmart, cut a deal with Walmart, increased their sales by $5 billion the following year, and became one of the most valuable companies in the world at that time. Um, why? They just changed their business model in terms of how their point of sale. So, so I'm just asking our people, what? please look at your business model, which is the step-by-step process that you use to do, develop profits, and be open to the possibility that it could be obsolete or in need of radical change, which could dramatically increase your profitability. Fire Nation, what inspiring, thought-provoking commentary. And Brian, we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Summer is a great time to reevaluate your brand since it tends to be a quieter time for many businesses. Without the distraction of holiday festivities or tax time preparations, it's easier to take the time to evaluate whether your brand currently reflects the value you offer your customers. Ask yourself three questions. One, does your brand communicate the truth about who you are? Two, does the way you're communicating this truth connect with your customers? And three, does your branding differentiate you from your competitors? Before you get started on a new design for your brand, it's of utmost importance to take a hard look at your company's core values and personality. Once your brand vision is clear, a designer can translate those core concepts into communication materials. Are you looking for a designer to help bring your brand to life? Then it's time to visit 99designs.com slash fire. You'll get a $99 power pack of services for free and get even more designers to work with you on your branding. My favorite thing about owning and running my own business is the freedom it affords me, the freedom to do the things that I'm passionate about, and the freedom to be truly location independent. With the help of the incredible internet, I'm able to stay in touch with my audience via social media, provide valuable content that's scheduled out in advance so I never skip a beat, and engage via email with partners to ensure everything is running smoothly. And with the help of eVoice, I'm also able to stay in touch via phone. eVoice trans transforms any phone into your business phone, making it easy to stay in touch when it's most important. So whether you're on a tropical vacation or spending the week in the mountains with your family, you'll always have the ability to be in touch if you want to be. Right now, you can try eVoice free for 30 days, plus get a special discount of $5 off every month forever. Go to eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. That's eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. So Brian, we've now reached my favorite part of the show, the lightning round, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sure. 
So Brian, you answered the question earlier about what was holding entrepreneurs back from becoming entrepreneurs, but let's get specific here. What was holding you, Brian Tracy, if anything, back from becoming an entrepreneur? For me, I, I was never really held back. It just seemed to be a, a logical thing to do. Um, I was on my own. I had uh, no other source of income. So I just started my own business. And then once you start your own business, it's like pushing off on a very steep ski slope. <laughs> you start to move very fast. And if you make a slip, <laughs> you, you really tumble. The critical thing is to start. Love these analogies, Brian. What is the best advice you've ever received? Well, I've received a lot, but one, one was this, is working for a very wealthy man, when I would go to him with projects, he would say, Brian, he said, business opportunities are like buses. There will always be another one coming along very soon. Don't get wired and upset and, and over-concerned about this particular business idea. If it's got problems or difficulties with it, don't worry, there will be another one coming along. And I, I never thought of that before. I thought, this is it. This is it. And that's how entrepreneurs are. They pounce. Uh, this is it. No. If it's not going together easily, if it's not workable, if customers don't want it, just take a deep breath. There will be another business opportunity coming along far faster than you can imagine. Brian, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Well, I, I just, as a matter, matter of fact, I just am working on a seminar, and it's called uh, Force Multipliers for Greater Profitability. You know, a force multiplier is a military term, and it, it, it is a term that enables a smaller force to defeat a larger force. And one of the force multipliers is speed. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. In military terms, the, a smaller force that moves faster and hits unexpectedly can defeat a much larger force that is not properly prepared. A great example, if you saw the movie, uh, was uh, uh, the Alamo with um, uh, Dennis Quaid. And it was the Battle of Sam Houston against uh, Santa Ana's armies in, um, uh, in Texas, which led to the freedom of Texas, the withdrawal of Mexico beyond the Rio Grande, uh, and the transformation of America. And what they did was a much smaller force. The um, Mexican forces, much larger, 5,000 troops, they had about maybe, maybe 1,200. What they did is just hit them all at once. They hit them from three sides all at once when they weren't expecting it, completely decimated them, rolled them up like a carpet, and led to uh, the Battle of San Jacinto. Worthwhile, just point it up on Google and listen and read it. It's a perfect example of the entrepreneur moving fast and unexpectedly to take advantage of a market opportunity. So that's one thing. The other thing I would say is time management. Just like you read my book, uh, Eat That Frog. Everybody on this line should read Eat That Frog. Uh, it's the best-selling time management book in the history of the world. It's in 42 languages, and it literally takes people and companies from rags to riches from startup to wealth, because it shows you how to set priorities and to concentrate single-mindedly on those activities that will yield you the very best results in the shortest period of time. And you can read the whole book in about an hour, wouldn't you say? You can listen to it as well. The audio version is incredible. It's right on Audible. So those are two. Move, move fast, but prior to moving fast is plan, organize, focus, and concentrate on the most valuable use of your time, and then move fast. Brian, have you read the book, The Lion's Gate by Stephen Pressfield? No. I think you're going to love that book. Obviously, Stephen Pressfield is an amazing author. It's about the six-day war where right. Israel went against basically all of the Arab world. And it's exactly what you talked about, except even on a grander and more recent scale than the Alamo. And it's really incredible to see how 
the Israeli army used ingenuity, speed, because they were a much smaller force. They were a tiny island surrounded by the ocean of the Arab nation. And it's just incredible to see from firsthand perspective, Stephen Pressfield actually went and interviewed person by person, all the key players from the Israeli perspective during that war. And man, that is the best example of what you've just shared that I've ever seen. I think that you'll find that book fascinating. And it's an amazing audiobook as well. Wonderful. And I, 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 was, I was in Italy during the Six-Day War and signed up to go to Israel. Get out of the, here. Yeah, no, I was signed up with the, the Israeli embassy in Rome, uh, along with others. There were two or three hundred of us. Were, I had come from all over uh, Italy, and we were waiting and just being, st- staying in hotels and rooming houses uh, within shouting distance of the embassy. And they were basically arranging transportation for us. And uh, the war was over so fast right. that they came on and said, sorry, we won't need you. <laughs> the Lion's Gate. I think, right. Brian, especially with you being so close to that, I think that you are going to just be blown away. I mean, I know myself, I, I was an officer in the U.S. Army, Brian, for eight years. So I spent 13 months deployed to Iraq as an armor platoon leader in charge of 16, tank, uh, 16 men and four tanks. So I was really understanding that whole lingo when they were going through that prep up and what it felt like to literally be in common. It's just a fascinating portrayal and Stephen Pressfield does it better than most. And Brian, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? I was approached by Entrepreneur Magazine to write basically the quintessential book on success as an entrepreneur, which I did. Uh, as a matter of fact, I wrote a three-part book, and, and what we're doing is we're giving it away to anyone who comes to our website, and it's called the, uh, the free report. It's called The Way to Wealth by Brian Tracy. And this Way to Wealth is basically step-by-step. Step. It's almost like if you wanted to build a beautiful home, you take this and you just follow step-by-step step in, build, in building a beautiful business. And at the other end, you have a high-profit business. You avoid all the major mistakes. You have all the key information on hiring, firing, uh, financing, marketing, selling, uh, closing sales, managing your time, managing other people. I mean, it's an amazing thing. And um, it's free. So come to uh, what it's called, bryantracy.com slash wealth. And put in your name and email address, and we'll send it to you at no charge. It includes the three keys to building a successful business, how to increase sales and improve customer satisfaction, how to sell your products efficiently and effectively, and much more, plus a Business Success Newsweekly letter, which you get every single week, and there's no obligation, and it's all free. Love that. Brian, briantracy.com slash Nation, And you can find the links to this resource and everything that we're chatting about in today's episode on Brian's show notes page at eofire.com slash Tracy. And Brian, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Well, I, I don't mean to be selfish, but the book would have to be Eat That Frog. And it's not- Brian, because- you're just being proud. Well, it's, it's, it's not only that, it's the biggest single problem that entrepreneurs have is lack of focus, is they, is they are trying to do too many things. They're totally distracted by technology, by email and telephone calls and, 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 and um, the internet, and they're distracted away from doing those one or two things that are going to make them successful. And what this book does is it helps you become very, very focused, helps you identify exactly what is most important for you to accomplish your most important goals, and then exactly how to start on that task and complete that task first thing every morning. And if you, can, if you do that, you can conquer the world. 
quick, quick, quick story. Uh, Warren Buffett was at a dinner party with Bill Gates. The two are very good friends. Bill Gates is the richest man in the world. We're $79 billion this year. Warren Buffett's about the third richest, has been the first. And they were talking with Bill Gates' father, William Gates Sr. They were chatting away at this dinner party, and one of the uh, other guests came up and said, excuse me for interrupting you, but we've just been noticing you guys talking, and we were wondering, what would you say would be the most important quality for success in your estimation? And the three of them stopped talking, all turned, and at the same time said the word focus. Focus is the most important quality for success in our world today. If you cannot focus, you cannot succeed. But if you can, you can succeed greatly. So if the richest people in the world, who started with nothing, by the way, uh, have come to the conclusion after an entire lifetime of experience and hundreds of thousands of employees, that the most important thing you can learn to do is focus, then that's a pretty good piece of advice. I would start with that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And the key is that eat that frog will teach you how to focus. And once you've, once you've read it or read it two or three times, you'll be a totally different person. What you will accomplish, you will, it will save you years of hard work in achieving the same level of financial uh, success. Well, Brian, Fire Nation is well aware of my love affair with the word focus. In fact, my favorite acronym in the world is from that word, focus. Follow one course until success. And Fire Nation, eat that frog. And Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook just like Eat That Frog for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Brian, this next question is the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Well, I'd go right back to the Zig Ziglar model of success is find a need and fill it. If you you know nobody, you have $500, you have a short uh, leash, I'd immediately go out and start looking around and finding out what people uh, need, what people want, and then find a way to offer it to them. You know, there's a a whole lot of economic work on this. It basically says what the entrepreneur does is it takes resources from one area where where they are priced at a lower level and takes it to another area where they can be sold at a higher level. That's all importation and distribution is. So what you do is you find people who have a a problem that you can solve in a cost-effective way and then solve that problem and solve it quickly and well. Brian, thank you for being so incredibly inspiring and open and genuine and transparent with Fire Nation today. Let's just end with you giving us one parting piece of guidance, sharing the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, please come to my website. We have a whole series of free resources. You know, our, 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 our basic um, business model is we will offer you a whole lot of free ideas on sales, marketing, business, business success, uh, finance, time management. Uh, for free um, in order to show you that the quality of what we offer is is the quality that, that is acceptable to you. And then if there's something else that you want uh, on our website, we're one of the best websites probably in the world for entrepreneurs. And everything we sell is unconditionally guaranteed. You can take it, look at, listen to it, try it out. And if you're not happy, there's no charge. So that's what I would suggest to sign up, get our get our daily quotes. We ha- send out motivational quotes every single day. Get our free newsletters. We send those out uh, five days a week. 
and um, just walk around the free store and see if there's anything else that you like. And Brian, what's the parting piece of guidance? Well, the parting piece of guidance goes right back to what you and I, what you've been saying all this time, John, which is just get going and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, just get going and keep going and learn from every mistake. Throw it over your shoulder. I just read a complete study on that before I spoke to you. And it says the one character of successful people is they never fail. They just simply have learning experiences. <laughs> Love that. And Brian, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've been talking about, your recommended book, resource, all your contact information, eofire.com. Just type Brian into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up, Fire Nation. And Brian, thank you for being so incredibly generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Fire Nation, ready to create, grow, and monetize your podcast? Join me for our free live podcast workshop every week. Just visit podcastersparadise.com to grab your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 